to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind or those searching for a better way to live. Rich and Susan Collenberg found freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago. In the series, The Temple of the Mind, they examine the Beatitudes, the Lord's Prayer, and other Bible passages to show how God uses His Holy Word in the events and trials of life to prepare hearts and minds to be the temple of His Holy Spirit. Take every thought captive now on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you again to Freedom to Choose. And this is program number 17 in the series, The Temple of the Mind. And it is titled, Is It Lawful for a Man to Put Away His Wife? What do you think about Uh-oh. that? Ti- what do you think about that title? Uh-oh. Susan? Huh? Uh-oh. Yeah, that's a big, that's a, that's an interesting statement um, in the Bible and Sometimes I find it hard to understand exactly what's being asked and why Jesus responds the way he does. The way he does. And, and today, hopefully, we can clear it up by, by starting with some, a, a very basic framework or lens to look through, if you will. Uh, before we get going, Susan, would you open with a word of prayer? Yes, our loving Father in heaven, we are grateful that uh, we have the opportunity today to read your word and to... Um, gain a greater foundation for um, our spiritual journey as we are on this path. And um, Lord, we just ask that you would bless our hearts and minds and everyone who is listening, that we can gain a better understanding of who you are and your desire for our lives. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, we are going through this series, The Temple of Mind, because 1 Corinthians 3.16 says... Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? And what we're talking about throughout this whole series is the mind and how to keep it healthy, and in reflecting to the things that Jesus said, when we look at them through that lens of of staying mentally healthy, um, and when we talk about the temple of the mind, and we talk about is it lawful for a man to put away his wife? I want to mention one word that's going to be the context for this entire discussion mm-hmm. today, and that word is betrayal. Okay. Okay? What about betrayal in the Ten Commandments, Susan? Well, it can be characterized by, number one, don't betray God, and number two, don't betray your friends and neighbors. Pretty much it. See, it's you can look at the Ten Commandments as a list of rules, mm-hmm. or you can look at them as being a good friend or a betraying friend. Mm-hmm. Don't think about your neighbor's wife. Don't take your neighbor's wife. Don't take your neighbor's stuff. So, don't take someone's life. Don't gossip about them. Don't betray them. So I guess betrayal, the person who commits betrayal, it can be also maybe classified as a selfish person? 
Yeah, because what is the motivation for betrayal? Typically, for self, self-betterment. Self-betterment, self-protection. Right. You know, an, an addict, he's going to betray himself, mm-hmm. but he's going to betray others as well because an addict, is in a, he is in a position to numb pain, and he will do that at any expense. Right. At expense to his own health. Right. So selfishness own, is like a key factor that yeah. goes hand-in-hand hand with betrayal. With, yes, and it's typically motivated by fear. You know, David, he betrayed Uriah, didn't he? Yes. He also betrayed himself, and he told God, I have sinned against you, too. I have betrayed you as well. Mm-hmm. And this whole mess, what we inherited, started where? In the Garden of Eden. When Adam betrayed God. Adam did not break a rule, He, in the sense, he betrayed God. God said, trust me, there's an enemy over there. That enemy's going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. And Adam went over there and said, you know what? I'm going to believe the guy at the tree. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to believe the one who created me. Mm-hmm. And Adam betrayed God and literally committed spiritual adultery. So actually, we can go one step further back. And betrayal Begin- happened in heaven yes, with it did. Lucifer. Yeah, with a covering cherub. Right. God's mouthpiece to the entire universe was at his side. His name was Lucifer, right. light bearer, right. and he was God's mouthpiece. And he began to spread. He began to betray God, right. and he took one third of the angels with them, mm-hmm. and they began to betray God, to where they all lost the very capacity to embrace God's love. They lost the capacity to love, and once a free moral agent loses the very capacity to love then there's nothing else the Creator can do for them. Right. And so they've gone beyond the point of of no return. So Lucifer can be, as he turned into Satan or whatever, um, as when he fell, his life and and end is the same that that Adam was on that same trajectory. He was on that trajectory. And then today, so it's like sometimes people say, well, the Bible doesn't make any sense. It was written, you know, 2,000 years ago. But what what you're saying is is that we can take those things that happened however long ago, and they're actually applicable to our own lives and our own minds and our own hearts. That's true. It's because nothing never changes. (laughs) There's nothing different under the sun, as Solomon says. The human brain is infected with fear and selfishness, and we try to protect ourselves by making ourselves look good, by putting other people down, by betraying them. Right. And that is at the root of, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife? Okay. In other words, is it lawful for... for Because what was happening was God had given them a rule because of the hardness of their hearts, mm-hmm. that because if a woman was put away then she would be basically on the street without, you know, cab fare or anything, right? right. And so um, so God give them these rules. But, but more important, how—and I think we're going to get into it a, a little bit later um, in, in regards to how does it make—how do you make a woman an adulteress if mm-hmm. you— uh, if you put her away, if leave you leave her and, and go, and go, go, yeah, go get another you, wife, you know, right. and so we're going to get into that a little bit later because it's really important uh, to to understand really what what Jesus is saying there. Um, in fact, let's get there. 
Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife? Matthew 9, 19, 3. In the Jewish economy, in the days of Jesus, a man was permitted to put away his wife for the most trivial of offenses, and the woman was at liberty to marry again. This led to real problems, not only in society, but in the minds of the people. Right. So in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus declared plainly that there could be no disillusion of the marriage tie except for unfaithfulness to the marriage vow. Everyone that puts, he said, that puts away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, makes her an adulteress, and whoever shall marry her when she is put away commits adultery. Okay, so we're going to dive into this. What's at the heart of that? Now, because we want to live in reality, not fiction. Okay. We want to we want to live, quote unquote, in the minds of the people that this mm-hmm. is because this is actually happens to people. Right. So we want to live in their minds. What's happening? Let's say that, and I don't want to get in trouble here by using examples. She's rolling her eyes, which is good. She should. Because, she knows what's coming. And because, do you ever really get into trouble? No, I okay. don't ever really get in trouble. But uh, <laughs> so so let let's let's say there's a new girl in town, and Rich says, "Okay, I want to get rid of Susan and get the new 2022 model, right?" Because Susan burnt the toast, or whatever, you know. <laughs> that's a, that was like you know, that's a little touch of reality. Oh, that's funny. There. <laughs> you know, it is a touch because the smoke alarm went off the other day because yeah. we got a toaster and it doesn't really. You don't really have to burn the toast, but that smoke it, alarm will yeah. go off. It's crazy. I so know. We haven't figured that one out. Anyway, that's a sideshow. <laughs> but anyway, so Rich wants to get rid of Susan mm-hmm. because of the new 2022 model just came into town. Now. Does Susan still love Rich in the metaphor? In the metaphor, yes. Yes, in the metaphor, <laughs> yeah. But, okay, in the metaphor, Susan still loves Rich. Right. So what happens when she marries another man? She still loves Rich. She still loves Rich. Right. And she is committing adultery. Right. If that is how she is made an adulteress. It's not by breaking a rule. It is by betrayal of her own mind. Right. And then, the, so the betrayal also is brought into that new marriage. That exactly. She, that's that's the whole thing. Exactly. There. She. We don't. We betray ourselves, which is worse than than that's called guilt. That's when we pack the guilt around. Right. And so, you the someone that 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 uh, breaks up a marriage, even though the one person still loves them, has forced them into uh, a. Betray a situation where of betrayal, right? If they remarry, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's why Jesus said what he said, right? And so, it, so then we look for loopholes. Well, yeah, what well, did she commit? You know, did she commit adultery? Did you commit it? La, 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 all right. these loopholes, right? When in reality, if there are still feelings there, which is what reality is, reality is about what do you feel and. Are how you, are you betra- think- How yeah. are you thinking? Are you betraying right. yourself? Are you betraying others? Right. If you are, that is sin. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Right. It doesn't get any deeper than that. Right. So when Jesus said that, that's what he's trying to do is to keep people from harming themselves. Right. And I think, I think so that's why we always have to like go back to the beginning and say, there really was no need for a commandment when Adam and Eve were first created in Eden. It wasn't until after man started doing all this stuff to harm themselves and harm other people that it's like, okay, 
stop. You can't do that anymore because that's harmful. It's really interesting um, to be able to kind of conceptualize what it must look like from that bigger oh, picture. Oh, yeah, from the bigger picture. Yes, don't. Where, where, where God has to tell his children not right. to kill one another. Right. And he has to tell them not to take each other's wife right. and to not And to be steal. kind to one another. Yeah, and he right. has to do this because we are sick. We're infected with fear and selfishness, and it causes us to react, act out in ways that are not good. And that continues to keep our temple our, uncleansed. Yes. It dirties our, the, it, it, it clouds our judgment and our and everything if if we keep doing the things to harm our own self and our character and other people, then the temple of our mind continues to get darker and darker. Yeah. That's just that's just how it happens. It's not that God is saying, Well, you're this way, so I'm gonna you're condemned to this. It's like, boy, you go down that track and these are the consequences of that type of action. We lose the ability to reason from cause to effect the more damage we do to ourselves. Right. We, we lose that ability. And, we, you know, I know when I was out there using, mm-hmm. I could not reason from cause to effect. Right. I could not right. reason that the, you know, the yeah. stuff that I was bringing upon myself. Just from the lack of, of being able to see things through or to think of, yeah, what, when, yeah, when of you don't, anything other than yourself. Yeah, when right. you don't live in principle-based living, mm-hmm. you lose the ability to reason from cause to effect, and you have no idea what you're doing, who it's harming, and are you even betraying yourself when you're doing it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that's the, that's, the, um, that's the crux of the whole thing. This is why Jesus, in the Beatitudes and, and the things that he's saying, he's, uh, he's actually— helping us to cleanse that temple because it, the the more guilt and the more shame that we carry around, the harder it is to hear the voice of God. Right, and, and the more doubt and fear you'll have. Yes, and it gets you get clouded in with doubt and fear, and God does not want us to doubt his goodness right. and to be running around afraid. Right. Believe me, I know. The, I know I've lived in so much fear, and I know what it'll do to your And the thing is, too, is physiologically, if you're running on fear, the reasoning part of your brain is unable to take over. So if fear is 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 resolved, then your frontal cortex, your frontal lobe, it's not cortex, it's your frontal lobe where reasoning happens, grows stronger and stronger and stronger. That's why Paul says, you know, dwell on these things. Think about these things. Then you get these fruits and it's because you're developing that part of the brain that God can connect to with mm-hmm. you, and you can connect with other people. Yes. So just a, a little sidelight, don't let the stuff that's going on around in the world— Today. Today, mm-hmm. because there is, is the devil's kind, way yep. of instilling fear. Right. And you listen to the news, you will find everything under the sun— that can harm you. Mm-hmm. This is going on. Watch out. This is going on. Watch out. This is going on. Watch out. And when that fear part of the brain is active, the frontal lobe is not. And we strengthen the brain, the part of the brain that is the most active. And so how do we strengthen that part of the brain? You know, there's all different kinds of ways that Jesus created. He created creation. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Being out in nature. That and strengthens it, and, that. And, and be, or just be able to step out your front door and look at a tree or get to a park and to be able to take a deep breath and to realize that we are here in for an instant. 
that there's so much more to come and to not allow those, you know, the yeah. things to, to cause us to fear. Yes. So um, Jesus is constantly doing and saying things that were put in place to protect women. And I love that because um, for whatever reason, woman has been abused from the beginning of time. Well, and so here we go again. So he's just try- he's living not, in reality. Right. He's not trying to lift women above men. He's just trying to right everything. He's trying to make things right. Because right. when God said to the woman in Eden, your desire will be for your husband and he shall rule over you, he wasn't putting some kind of smoke and mirrors magic spell on the women for all history. It doesn't work that way. Right. God simply knew that the male was going to be stronger and would have a distorted, damaged ego and would abuse the female species. This is exactly what has happened. God doesn't place magic spells when he pronounces the future of what's going to happen. No, he works in reality, how reality really works. He sees the end from the beginning, and based on how reality works, just like I know how to wreck my car, just take my eyes off the road, cause to effect. I know how to wreck my marriage, just take my eyes off God and off my wife. It's pretty simple. There's no magic spells. There's not... It's it's how reality works, and that's what we were talking about when we reason from cause to effect. You want to get in a wreck? Keep texting while right. you're driving. Right. It'll happen. Yeah. You know, you want to you want to ruin your marriage? Take your eyes off your wife and look at another woman. Right. It will happen. Right. I guarantee it. Right. See, and this is what God God knew that man was going to be stronger, muscular than a woman, mm-hmm. and that man was going to end up. Uh, ruling over his ruling wife. over his wife right. because we're twisted fearful creatures right and that's just the way it was he he didn't pronounce some magic right. or spell or desire it to yeah. be because when Jesus spoke of marriage he pointed his hearers back to the marriage inst- institution that was created at creation because of the hardness of your heart he says Moses allowed you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so, and that's Matthew 19, 8. Yeah, because he refers them back to the days of Eden, when God pronounced all things very good. It was in Eden that the marriage and the Sabbath day had their origin. There was They were twin institutions for the glory of God. Marriage is for the glory of God. It's a partnership, and it shows it shows love, it shows a connection, it shows the synergy that two people can be more than the sum, the sum of, of each one is exactly as, as more. I know with my wife Susan and I that she balances me out so much. I, I believe the combination of us two mm-hmm. is way more than each one of us individually. I don't know, you know, right. exponentially, I don't know. But I do know that 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 I learned so much from her in regards to how to treat other people and stuff like that. To put it bluntly, she keeps me in check. <laughs> <laughs> well, we keep each other in check, and that's the thing. You know, it's interesting because when we came to this relationship, I don't know how many years ago, um, coming from the background that we did, we probably came in at 25% each. You know what I mean? Putting oh, yeah, into, yeah. Putting into the union and—, and but. Because of of God's grace and and hopefully because of our continued search, you know we're we're a little bit higher on that percentage mark. But um, well, you think about it. You don't when you're when you're you're an addict. You do not grow emotionally over the years that you're using, right? right. So Susan got clean and sober when she was uh, thirty five. But you started using when you were 
10, yes. right? Yes. And I started using when I was 17, and I didn't get clean till I was 41. So you have a 41-year-old, 17-year-old, and a 35-year-old, 10-year-old emotionally right. getting together. Yes. You see, you talk about a miracle. But so we need we both needed a little bit of fetching up. But mm-hmm. we, you know, we we have have been able to give each other a little bit of room here and there, knowing that we both need to grow emotionally a lot. Right. And and that's what it's that's what it's all about. Right. Is to allow someone to make some choice. Let allow them to be free. Don't take away their liberty, but also place. Be open and honest and, you know. Not- right, because, um, you know, you have to value yourself before you can value another person. So being able to, you know, to be honest yeah. and things like that, it, it's a big deal. Yeah, and and for anybody that is in a relationship right now that may be a little bit uh, suspect or whatever, because um, we're not, we are, quote, disclaimer, we are not marriage counselors, but... <laughs> What, but what the the thing for b- both of us has been to give each other wiggle room, to give mm-hmm. each other a break, to understand when someone else is when the other person is hurting, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. and I th- I think that's the been the most valuable thing for me is to try to be observant enough to when Susan is hurt hurting to give her some wiggle room. Well, I know she does that for me. She always does that for me. And I think too is, you know, um, being able to see that if people have a have a trajectory that they'd like to go towards and it really isn't your idea or whatever to be supportive because you never know how God leads down. Yeah. You, know, you never know a path and who you run into and who you meet and who you have an opportunity to have a relationship with. And so I think that's really important. And then the other thing is I think that sometimes people give up too easily. Yeah. You know, marriage is, is about, uh, you know, several entities within a unit. And and the one at the top of that unit is God. Right. The exactly. closer you get to God, the closer you will get to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a triangle. And, uh, but yeah, the, so these God, these godly principles that we're talking about throughout this series, the temple of the mind, it's so that everything gets better. Your relationships with your, you, you know, you surround yourself with better people. Um, you know, we're a product of the five people we hang around the most. You know, look around. Are you surrounding yourself with healthy people or are they betraying other people? Mm-hmm. Are they gossiping? Right. Are, are and they, do you participate yeah, right, in I mean, that gossip? Because that is changing the temple of your mind. Mm-hmm. We are choosing to be betrayers. And this time, this is... The time of today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation, right? and things are coming to a head, and we all know it. Mm-hmm. And are we going to be the persecutor or the persecuted? That's the question. And those that those that do not have resentment, anger, fear in their heart will not persecute. Right. They don't have to. Right. They have trust, full trust, mm-hmm. in a marriage relationship with God. Right. And they will not betray him. Right. And he because they know and they're because they know in their temple of their mind that he um hasn't betrayed them. Yeah. Yeah. You know what God I mean? will never betray right. you. And so I think that's that gets settled into humanity and yeah. and, and it's gonna look really funny compared to what it does yeah, now. Yeah, and God does not betray us. We betray him, right. you know, and, and we have to remember that. 
You know, and I know when times are tough, it feels like You're, he's not there. Right. Uh, but I, I often think, and, and this is what scares me the most in, you know, in my dark hours is what am I capable of? Because, mm. mm-hmm. you know, you see people doing stuff that you say, I would never do that. Well, you know what? What am I capable of when when I'm when the stretched? Meets the road, right? Yeah, when yep. when my mental faculties are stretched right. to the max, or your my, physical, my physical, yeah, my, actu- you know what you have going on. In yeah, your yeah, yeah. Well, God says, fear not, fear not. Uh, we're gonna have to wrap it up. Wow, um, got through that marriage thing without too much, <laughs> <laughs> too, too much, much information. Yeah, 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 without getting hurt too much. Yeah. But uh, remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for listening to the Temple of the Mind on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.